Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. James Robert Dull, welcome to the Center of the Universe. Thanks for having me. Rob, you have the distinction of uh, being the scribe. Also, uh, you've taken notes on like more than half of the episodes we've recorded. You yeah, have listened. Yeah, probably actually 80 or 90% because I would do it even before I became the actual scrub. I would actually do it at home, especially if it was somebody I knew or something like that. Like I did it for your dad and for Booney and folks like that. So let's talk about that. What does that do for you taking notes? Because you obviously like doing it. Yeah. I mean, um, I think it just, I mean, it helps me. It, like anybody, if you write something down, it helps you remember it. Um, and I think it, uh, I would write little things out in the, you know, side. So it would help me think about other things, dealing with the episode thoughts or something like that. So, um, yeah. And then I think the bottom line is for whatever reason, I just, I just like to write. Yeah. So, and you've been doing it since you were what? A kid. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, like, I mean, I won't talk about it, but like you, I was a history major and, you know, English lit minor. So. Apparently, I like to read and I like to write because I certainly wrote a lot of papers. So I like the degree that would help me graduate college and get a piece of paper. Exactly right. <laughs> there you go. All right. So I guess we we've mentioned before how we connected. Uh, certainly, growing up in Ashland, that episode. Yep. The uh, listening audience, if they listen to that one, got to know you a little bit better. But you and I have known each other almost fifty years now. Yeah. So yeah. So I I just turned double nickels earlier this week. And nice. I moved. Oh my gosh! Happy I turned, dude. I I am so bad about this stuff. No, don't worry about it. Double nickels is so, a pretty big uh, birthday. Yeah, it was fun. So you, it was, you didn't tell him about the party we had. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. God, I forgot. That's right. Good call. <laughs> yeah, we only, you, you only invited two hundred people. I didn't make the cut. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, and and I, I we moved into Ashland um, in September of seventy three. So right before I turned six. So you were. You were going to be four a couple months after. No, you were going to be five a couple months after me. So right. So Where yeah, were you? I think we're, Sorry. No, go ahead. Where were you before? So the first, essentially, say five and a half years, I actually uh, grew up on a farm here in Hanover. It's actually where Henry Clay was born. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah, not so, far from here, where we are now. Correct. Yeah, yeah. probably a couple miles max. Right. So over near, I think it's either off Stumpy or near Stumpy or somewhere in that area. Yeah. So, yeah, it's between here so, and Stumpy. Yep. So. Go up Godden's Hill, and I don't know what that... I can't keep track of the roads. There's a historical marker that is right off 301 that talks about that farm was his birthplace. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's where we grew up. We I think they they rented that from um, part of the whole Taylor family. You know, it's been in Hanover for... Since probably Hanover County was formed, and um, so... And then just a funny side note, when I bought the house in Ashland, I moved in to that house, and next door was E.C. Taylor, who was one of the sons of the folks that rented to my parents. A lot of Taylors in um, Hanover County, a lot of, yeah. a lot of Gilmans in Hanover yep. County. My daughter, it's funny, and not just a quick aside, she found yeah. my yearbook from seventh grade at Liberty. Nice. And she goes, Dad, just in your grade alone, there's six Gilmans. <laughs> right. I'm like, well, welcome to Hanover County. Yeah, we've been around, y'all have been around for a while. Yeah, so when you moved uh, into the neighborhood that I was already in, I actually didn't live in the house my parents live in now, uh, but just but we did move in there when you and I were like 10, 11. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, 
if you drew a, a square, you were inside one corner of the square, and I was outside the opposite corner. Correct. Yeah. But yeah, we we were opposite corners essentially, and, and when you moved in the house your parents were in, now we were essentially the opposite corners of right. the block. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was two blocks if you traveled the roads. If you went backyards, it was equivalent to maybe one point three blocks. Correct. There you go. Yeah. A lot quicker. There, cut, there cut was cut. one fence next to you though. That we never, yes. I don't think we ever went in their the backyard. Seals. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the seals who were wonderful people, uh, but a lot older. Yeah, so yeah, but great folks. Yeah, I, I barely remember him, but I, I certainly yeah. remember her. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, she outlived him for, for quite a few years, I think. All right, so. we talked about this in the growing up in Ashland part, but uh, share some of your fondest memories from being a kid growing up in Ashland. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it was just an incredible place to grow up. I mean, and I was we. We as boys were lucky because we had several boys in the area, um, and we talked about us. I mean, I, I've said it. I might have said it on that. I, I still consider one of the luckiest things in my life is the fact that I still hang out with the guys I hung out with when I was six. I'm still hanging out with them today. Yeah. So we just had a really core group, and um, we just had a lot of fun. And um, again, go back to that episode. We talked about it. You know, we leave in the morning and wouldn't come back until dinner time or you know whatever and. For me, it was when Biz or Fred, you know, we had the bell on the on the back porch, and they would ring the bell, and it was it was time to go. Oh, wow! So, yep. So, and I actually, we had to take down that house, and I actually have the bell. So, oh, do you really? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's neat. But yeah, I mean, just you know, right there on the block, we had Lee and you and me and the Dupreece and um, uh, Ryan Hopkins, and you know, I mean, so we had. We had six kids, you know, within, you know, basically a mommy well, I mean, Ted was four years younger, I guess, than you and five than me, I guess, but right. still he didn't seem like it. So, um, so I mean, we had six guys right there on the block, not to mention, you know, we go over to, you know, Wes and Duke's area and then we got another six. Yeah. Well, so, and we don't, we weren't really getting into trouble. No. When we stayed in our neighborhood, when we got over to their side of the neighborhood, those kids were doing – and I'm not making this up. Uh, and if you, if people can track this down maybe, uh, Duke, Coco, and Pee Wee yeah. would – because Coco's backyard, if you went through the woods in their backyard, you went to the cemetery. Correct, yeah. And they used to throw dirt clods at the cars Going attending a, a gravesite part of the funeral. Yeah. Right. We weren't doing that kind of no. stuff on our side of town. No, not a chance. Yeah, so. ridiculous. I should mention that uh, the occasional co-host is here tonight. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Son of William Flippin, who is episode 180, I think? Uh, I don't know. Something like that. Something William, like that. William Perkins. Perkins, Flippin. yes. Yes. Um, um, apparently, I'm just eye candy tonight, so... No, y'all, no, you're y'all keep rolling. No, hey, dude, no, jump in. I'm kidding. Jump in. You're definitely going to jump in when we start talking about adult basketball. Uh, maybe. And real quick, I, I really want to meet your dad. That was an incredible episode. Thank you. It really was. Appreciate it. I had a thrill listening to that. I'm glad we did that. Yeah, for sure. No doubt. All right, so tell us about your parents real quickly. Yeah, so Elizabeth and Fred Dole, and um, yeah, they. Um, it's my dad's second marriage. I. I um I know we'll talk about I I'd say I robbed the cradle a little bit but I was only half of my dad so he was uh, again second marriage and he was seventeen and some change older than my mom and uh, Fred was a player Fred was a player yeah he's a good looking dude um so they um they met through my mom's first cousin married a navy buddy of my dad okay and um so. 
So my dad, um, kind of like I did, um, <laughs> come to th- that's the first time I've ever really ever thought of it. He started courting my mom when she was at Mary Washington, um, much like I started courting Chris when she was still in college. Okay. So all right. But uh, yeah, so um, yep, just great um, parents. Um, you know, just gonna talk about me lost lost dad when I was nineteen. So he'd be a hundred or a hundred and one now. Right? He would have been yeah, he would have been a hundred and one this year. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so he's born in nineteen twenty one. Yeah, so. you were young when Fred passed. Yes. Yep. So, so that makes him what forty six or so when you were born. Yes, he was forty six when I was born. Good math, and uh, fifty two when my sister was born. So okay, yep. me, me and Fred have something in common. Yeah, right. Started late. Uh, be, well, yeah, starting yeah. late. Kev, right Kevin right. may have had a kid when he was in his late forties. Forty eight. Right. Yeah, <laughs> understood. I like it. So, yeah, and um, so Dad was um, he was a manufacturer's rep for the majority of his life. Um, you know, just that's uh, he mostly sold uh, like electrical electrical conduit switches and all kinds of stuff like that. And then uh, mom uh, was a social worker for Hanover County mm. for the majority would, when she went back to work. Um, so um, I don't think I knew that about biz. Yep. So worked uh, worked out at the courthouse, and then when they built the new building right there off of uh, Ashcake and Route 1, where that's social services and yeah. human services. And a the strip mall. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. Looking, looking office building, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, again, great parents, um, took care of us, worked their tails off to, you know, make us, we, yeah, they weren't, they weren't well off per se, but Sarah and I never wanted for anything, yeah. you know, so, cause they were always working and doing the best they could to, you know, provide for us. You were so. solidly middle class. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, we were so, but, um. But yeah, they they worked hard to get that. So what, was, what was your favorite meal that your mother made when you were young? It's mm, an interesting question. Yeah. Um, so first thing that comes to mind. So my my birthday dinner. I always get what you want for birthday. My birthday dinner was um, was filet mignon, uh, baked rice, and uh, green beans. Nice. Um, but you were, you were definitely a rice guy. You still I, to this day. I love still rice. am. Yep. Yep. And. Um, and then, but favorite meal she fixed was her spaghetti. So, nice. and we have the recipe, and Chris fixes it, and it's um, it's right, right there. Yeah, meat meat awesome. sauce. Any yeah, meat? yeah. It's and it's well, it's not really sauce. I mean, there there is some in there, but it's not sauce based per se. Uh, not not like a really you know thick part of it. Um, so. Um, and then uh, my dad was pretty good cook too, and his main thing, probably like me, was uh, breakfast. And uh, favorite one for him was uh, fried shredded wheat. So he would put shredded wheat. You know, like, I've never heard of that. Yeah, yeah, you know, like the uh, frosted mini wheats. Yeah, yeah, but, they're they're good. The, they're good before you fry them. Right. Well, these were, I mean, like the size of your fist. And then he would he would fry them up in the pan and um, and then you just put syrup on them and they were oh wow off the hook. Oh, I'm about yeah. to try that. So yeah. I think Rob's going to have to make that for us one time. There you go. I'm, I'm going to have to figure out since he's the closest to the original recipe. Yes, exactly. So and Fred was a veteran too. Fred was, uh, yep. Yeah. So he um, again born in '21. He fought in World War II. He was a naval aviator, um, a lieutenant um, lieutenant commander. So he was over in the Pacific and uh, flew torpedo planes, and um, wow. had a lot of 
lot of successful missions and flying just above the water effectively yeah pretty much yep so and actually i was up in the attic the other day and um i found a letter um that uh one of his um uh, colleagues sent me i think a year or two after he died and um it actually i mean this is the 40s obviously you know it's all the joke about you know when i don't even remember when things were developed but he actually had a picture from his plane to dad's plane as he's you know as they're flying oh wow that's cool so, he sent it to you yeah he sent me a couple pictures and he sent me the patch of their of their squadron or whatever. that's great so, so that was kind of cool and then i found several other things um a couple of years back, I found his. Well, I've told you about this. I found his flight book. Yeah, and Gene um, Burke said he would help you. No, Davila said Davila, he would help you yeah. interpret it. So, which of course I've never followed through on. Well, we can I, do that. But I will one day. Yeah, so, yeah. So, did he have a call sign? Not that I recall. I but bet it's in that flight book. Th- it might be. Yeah. yeah. So, but I don't think it was Maverick. But uh, that'd be pretty cool if it was. So, no, I'm just kidding. But if that's, gonna, that's a great question. I'm not sure. If you were going to give your dad a call sign, what would it be? Well, so uh, dad got into um, dad got into uh, doing the CB radio thing uh, for a while, and um, and his CB handle was the Gray Fox. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, yep, that, that's that is that is a quintessential Fred. Yes, doll. <laughs> yes, it is. So uh, that's hilarious. But, yeah. So so I, I'd go with that probably. All right, so. right old. All right. So uh, growing up, I think your interest was probably some of mine. Just any game we could play. With uh, kids in the neighborhood. Yeah, yep. I mean, we were we were games and sports all the time. Um, you know, if we weren't playing midnight football or you know basketball, <laughs> it's the dumbest game ever. I, yeah. So, um, do you know what midnight football is? Please explain. <laughs> so, midnight football was was at the current Ashland Little League fields when there was no fences there, and it's actually where the Vikings played when we were younger and uh, before they moved out to Poor Farm, and um, and we would get out there and. We would be on the field. We usually played width-wise. You know, we weren't doing 100 yards. Um, we're doing 50. Yeah, we were doing 50. And it was, you know, three on three, four on four, whatever. And But we played in dark. And there were no lights on this field. So it was pretty much pitch black dark. There's no artificial light anywhere near us. No, not really. I mean, I mean, Henry Clay was... Maybe a couple lights over there. Yeah, maybe. in that parking lot. But that, that was 100 yards away from where... We were, we were closer to the church than we were to the school. It was dark. Yeah, it was dark. And um, so there was probably more running plays than passing plays because... If you didn't see it, it probably drilled you in the head. I think we completed maybe three passes total. Yes. Yeah. By accident. So, yeah. you obviously, you played in the day, too. What, what was the fascination of playing at night just because? We, we were hitting each other really hard. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. This right. was not too in touch. And um, and then, of course, the, you know, the, the I don't know if famous is the right word, but the uh, maybe prolific uh, play was kickoffs. Because that's, a, that's where most of the scoring happens. Yes. Are you, you trying you, to find the ball? Yeah, no, you have no idea where the ball was. You would have four or five people, and the ball would be kicked, and somebody would get it, and there would be some type of signal, and you would all get in a clump, and it would go up somebody's shirt, and then you would just all start running. You know, oh, and great. they didn't know who to go after. So I think eventually it became, you know, became man on man, and it didn't matter who had the ball. Just some everybody was getting tackled. You, you, yeah, so, there, there were four guys getting tackled. Yes, exactly. On every kickoff, I got good. him. I got him. So, yeah, and we would do stuff like uh, I, I remember doing this. I'm pretty sure it was my idea. 
I would throw kickoffs up high, and yeah. then they would land, and you'd, you'd hear it, and you'd, you'd chase it. Right. Or some occasionally, I'd hit somebody on the top of the head. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, uh, because I'm a jackass, I would fake throw it. Because you could, you could see kind of the motion of, of right. whoever's throwing the ball. And I'd fake like I was throwing straight up in the air, and, and then, and then I'd just throw a laser. Yeah. <laughs> Try to nail people. Which and, uh, we, I'm not proud of it. No, you should be. That was a great idea. And and then, of course, that related to, you know, what we talked about, I think, on the Ashland episode was, was snowball fights. Yes. Was your idea where somebody would throw it up high, and it's, then you'd be like, oh, no, don't let it hit it's, Boom. It's called an attention then, getter. Yeah. yeah. And then somebody's <laughs> throwing, a, throwing a bean and hitting you in the chest. Yeah. So. I, I mean, few things made me happier. That's right. There you go. So, so. I had a question for you. Okay. What was... Rob's best sport as a teenager. Oh, as a teenager, is golf. I don't know. When did you start playing? Started playing when I was about eight. Yeah, he's a really good golfer. You played in college. Yeah, for one year. Yeah. Yeah. So Rob, I still don't understand this to this day. Rob and I played three or four times. We didn't play a ton because I'm not really a golfer. And you, you're killing the ball straight off the tee, and I'm like, I'm twice Rob's size. I know I'm swinging harder. <laughs> What? How are you doing that, Rob? And he said timing, and then he said some other words, and I'm like, I don't understand anything you're saying to me right now. <laughs> but I mean, you have you have figured out things that the the typical golfer that goes out and wants to play every Saturday or play nine holes on a Wednesday have never figured out. Yeah. Well, describe it now. H- how do you? Because you're you're what five eleven? Yeah. But maybe even shrinking a little bit, but yeah. Five, like so five eleven, and in your heyday as an eighteen year old, you weighed what? Oh, geez, one thirty, one forty. Yeah, you, you weren't a giant no, guy as an eighteen year old. No, not at all. And and you could nail a golf ball. How did you hit, hit the ball like that, being your size? Yeah, I mean, um, it's so the the T word I would use now is tempo. Um, and it's just um, and maybe that's the word you said. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, it might have been timing, but. Um, yeah, just a, a nice easy backswing, and then you're you know you're getting all your push as you come through, and um, it's yeah, not that I like you said I didn't have tree trunks, but you know it's a, a lot in your lower body, and it's just you know getting that turn down and and then letting it rip, and so um, and I had um, I know we'll talk about it, but for a time I lived in California, and I went to watch the pros play. They had the, uh, an event at the Olympic Club, which is in San Francisco, and. Um, and at that time, I was probably playing the best golf of my life. The U.S. Park Police time was probably when I played the best golf of my life. And I, I was pretty much scratched. But I was having a little problem. I didn't know what was going on, a little slumpy. And um, I watched these guys in particular. I just I watched Fred Couples. I followed him for about three holes. And um, Oh, you mean you were at the tournament? Yeah, I went to the oh, tournament, yeah. yeah. And um, and during if it just, it just didn't come back to me. They were just like... on their backswing just nice and slow and then man when they came through it was just they were just killing the ball but they were also smooth when they came through yeah 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 no doubt so but um that's one of the smoothest swings ever Fred Couples yeah yeah exactly great person to watch yes so um so anyway but um yeah but so so golf to answer your question okay so take golf out of it basketball okay what do you think I'd, I'd probably say that yeah golf um golf for sure and then yeah i didn't i didn't play football um like paul just mentioned i wasn't the biggest kid so 
think that was mainly a, a Biz and Fred decision. So yeah. it's called um, a business decision. Yes. So, um, so um, I almost played in eighth grade, I think, at collegiate, and then, um, but then didn't. So but. it's it's a weird sport for prepubescent boys. Yeah. Right. And kids going through puberty, playing with some kids that are maybe all the way through puberty, right. and yep. maybe you've just started and you're the same age. It's, yeah. it's a weird thing. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, so yeah, probably probably main things were golf and basketball growing up. So, cool. but and we did a lot of that in the neighborhood. Um, I mean, played baseball for a while, but it probably stopped when I was 13 or 14, something like that. I think um, played a lot of right ball. after yeah, right after majors. But yeah, we played a lot of wiffle ball in the neighborhood. And then the games, you know, the Ghost in the Graveyard. And, um, I, I told my wife that story the other day, and she goes, Where, "Did y'all which uh, graveyard did you play in?" I'm like, "We played around our neighbor's house. What are you right. talking about? Which graveyard?" She goes, yeah. "Oh no, we'd actually go difference between a graveyard and a cemetery. A graveyard's actually at the church. Cemeteries independent of a church. Right. Yeah, they would go to a cemetery. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, I'm like, that's next level. That's like the, we we yeah, never that's contemplated the, that. That's the New Jersey way, apparently. Yeah, New Jersey, they don't mess around. They don't play. Like yeah. it, that's the name of the thing. So right. we got to f- find something that gets us in the setting. I love it. Yeah, that's great. All right, so uh, you were a kid in Ashland, but you went to a private school that was what a 35 minute drive. Yeah, from pretty Ashland? much at the time, 30, 35 minutes. Yep. So I went to collegiate and um, went K through 12, all 13 years. So was Fred a private school kid? No, um, and neither was mom. I think uh, they did know the headmaster, Mac Pitt, at Collegiate at the okay. time. Um, and um, I think he provided some, you know, help. Uh, you know, and, and then and Sarah ended up going there as well, all 13 years. So, um, but I think they, you know, again, just, just trying to do, you know, what was right at the time and doing what they thought was best. And that was, you know, sending us to Collegiate. Were you the only kid from Hanover County at Collegiate at the time? No, um, we uh, we actually had. Um, well, that's a great question. I'm trying to remember early, possibly, but I'm not sure. Uh, at the at the end, the last you know, like six or seven years, we had consistent carpools throughout. Mm-hmm. Where we had four or five kids in a car, and it and it was funny. It seemed like every time the the driver graduated somebody was getting their license like that spring or that summer and they would take over so um so it went from um uh missy vaughn um oh yeah yeah yeah. uh to me she was 84 i was 86 and then beth flippo after that yeah and then well and collegiate was co-ed right your entire time yes yeah yeah collegiate's definitely co-ed yep yeah you you didn't have all boy classes at any point yeah not that I not that I recall. No, we were co-ed the whole time. Yeah. So, did uh, but in, and small. I mean, we were. I think my graduating class was 103 or 109, something like that. So. Yeah. So maybe 50, 55 boys um, yeah. kind of thing. I'd say it was pretty much down the middle. Yeah. yeah. So. Did uh, Rob going to collegiate influence uh, your you going to St. Christopher's at all? Uh, you'd have to ask my mom that because she was the driving factor behind me going to private school, and I uh, my they gave me. The choice, collegiate or St. Christopher's, that was, that was it. And I said, and "Well, what about Pat, what about Patrick Henry? That's the choice, right?" And they're like, "That's where we went to school, and we were we have enough money to be able to send you." It was fifty five hundred dollars right. a year back then. Yeah, just a lot of money back in the eighties. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of money now. Right. Um, and I took a tour of both places. Uh, I was interviewed at both places. 
Uh, I had to take an aptitude test. Yep. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, you want to go here? Sure, come on and give us $5,500. You had to actually meet certain uh, criteria to yep. get in. Sure did. And I was, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, it boiled down to I was given a tour by my a peer at each school, and I like the, the peer at St. Christopher's. I won't say any names. She was cute. I, I went to an all-boys uh, school at St. Christopher's. Oh, was it? Yeah. I, I mean, the guy, the guy who gave me a tour, he's, he's an attractive man. But oh, okay. uh, that, that did not uh, factor into my decision. <laughs> We're opening up all kinds of doors <laughs> on this you. podcast yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, look, it was a fantastic education, much like I imagine collegiate was for you. Yeah, I mean, I'd say um, roughly half the classes I took my first year of college, I'd, I'd had some form or fashion of that at collegiate. And, and I wasn't even one of the smart kids at collegiate. I mean, I was a, you know, B minus, you know, type guy. And then, you know, I had classmates that, you know, their senior year, they were like, I'm sure they did for St. Chris. They were taking classes over at U of R, you know, their their senior year. I mean, those are the kids that, you know, then went. Ended up going to Ivy League. Yeah, Ivy Leagues or, yeah, other. We had a couple kids that went to MIT that year, I think, or something. So were you doing a lot of homework in high school? Yeah, yeah, there was always a lot of work to do, um, and um, a lot of, I mean, I think some of the best things you got out of the education that we got were, you know, some of the classical education, and then and then there was, a, a, I mean, and maybe that's where it comes from, too, a lot of writing, you know, so. Way too so, much writing. Yes, yeah. so you were, you were definitely um, ready, you know, for college when it came to writing papers, you know. If you if you went to St. Chris or Collegiate or a couple of the other schools around, yeah, and the study habits were there. What, what falls apart for a lot of eighteen year olds, even if they excelled in a setting like that, they're now independent in college, and their brain's not fully formed. And you do what yeah. I did, and you, you act like a knucklehead for four years and barely eke out a. Well, it's funny you should mention that. It's you know it's it's funny what we remember you know throughout our life, and I don't know why I remember this, but and it was a guy from UVA, and he came in to talk to our class. And um, and he was talking essentially about the discipline that you need when you go to college your first year. And uh, I'll never forget this. And I've told my kids, you know, as they were going off to college. And, uh, you know, when you're in high school, you're in class for 30 hours. And they expect you to study roughly three hours a night. So they, you're in class for 30, study for 15. When you go to college, Flip it, it flips. Yep. You're in class for 15, and they expect you to study for 30. So I just think that again that speaks to that discipline. But um, yeah, I didn't. I mean, I didn't set the world on fire my first year either. But you know, got it together eventually, and you know, stayed a little above the you know average. But that's about where I was with school. So yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being slightly above average and right. a lot of a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, uh, what schools did you look at when you were a senior, or had you started looking earlier? No, yeah, um, just started looking around. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, Wofford, um, Wofford was probably actually my first choice, and of course they gave me the big, no, you're not getting in here. Why? Why Wofford? I don't know. It's just it was down in South Carolina, and I'm not really sure. I just it was still small. I wanted to go somewhere small. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, Kevin's doing a golf swing. There could have definitely been a lot of golf down there. <laughs> um, um, so Wofford, uh, Washington College, which is in Maryland, um, uh, Roanoke, where I ended up going. Um, I didn't apply to a lot. That might actually have been the only three. Maybe I, I think I might apply to Hampton Sydney. Um, 
don't know why I did that at that point. But anyway. Um, it's it's an, uh, a rare thing for an 18-year-old boy to want to go to an all-boys yeah. college. So that might have been a suggestion of a counselor or, you know, something. I don't it's a good know. school. So, yeah, no doubt it yeah. is. So any of the ODAC schools are great. So. All right. So you got into Washington and Roanoke. And why did you choose Roanoke? Um, I, yeah, I chose Roanoke. Um, I say now that if uh, – like if Randolph Macon was in Salem, Virginia, and Roanoke College was in Ashland, Virginia, I would have gone to Randolph Macon. Mm. It was, I think, it was, um, it was small, um, which is what I wanted. Um, I wanted, um, you know, smaller classes, individual attention. Um, I, th- I think mainly because that's what I had at collegiate, and I just, you know, I just didn't think I would do well at a really big school. Um, and um, and then I like the area. I've you know, been down there a couple times, you know, just you know, traveling with mom and dad, and so it's it's gorgeous in that part of the state. Yeah, I mean, I had a view of the mountains all four years, you know, and I I totally dug that, and you know, Smith Mountain Lake, and you know, we did that a few times, and so there's just a lot to do down there, and um, and then also, um, you know, the whole thing about flip flopping the schools is it was three hours away, so it was far enough away where. I knew I wasn't getting any visits, you know. And you weren't going to go home to do laundry or anything. Exactly like that. right. Yeah, I was. I was still going to have to, like you said, I was still going to have to be independent. Um, but if I needed to get home, I could. I could get home. You weren't fifteen hours. Exactly away. right. Yeah. So, or a connecting flight. Correct. Yeah. Home. Yeah. So, so it was perfect, and um, and really enjoyed all my time there. At, um, um, you mentioned I played. Imagine Division Three had a JV basketball team, so I played JV basketball nice. for a year. Um, Is that like but, equivalent to Division Four? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So we we played um, we played a couple other schools that had JVs, um, and then like that's played, cool. We played Oak Hill Academy. You know, so you're playing against they a bunch crushed of division. y'all. Did oh did, yeah, uh, big yeah, time. Who was to. on the team when you played them? Do you remember? I don't. Um, but we had a guy on our team, um, Ben Betts, um, who I. We could look up. He's um, he's probably got a Google page. Um, he is, I think he coached at Oklahoma for not a head coach. He was he's always I think he's assistant coach, but he was on that team and um, and we had we had some good players. We had a, a kid from Strasburg, Nick Proctor, who was really good. Um, but yeah, there was definitely a couple schools like Oak Hill, you know, who's basically all D one commits just taking a year and they're. Next time somebody asks you about JV basketball at Roanoke, you yeah. say that you played against uh, Alonzo Morning. Okay. Because <laughs> he's around a, our age, isn't he? Mm, or is he a little bit younger than us? No, he might it be. Might, there might be. I'm, I, that's yeah, a great. That's right. actually a great question, Kevin. It might be interesting to go back and see if they actually have a roster of, you know, who was on the Oak Hill Academy team. I bet Oak Hill does. 86, 87. Yeah. I bet they do. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, fondest memories from Roanoke non-academic-wise. Was it playing JV basketball kind of thing? And I, and I mean across the, the entire time you were there, there. Such good things as fond memories, academic uh, wise. Academic, yeah. Um, um, uh, yeah, that, maybe not for the three of us. No, no, that's fine. I mean, I, I mean, I'll answer. So academically, I just uh, I had a couple of professors that you know were just really good um, in just good people, you know. And, and again, that small, whole small class size, they really got to know you. One of them became my you know, advisor, and so, so that that's, um, doctor. You can't Selby. you can't hide at a school like Rome. yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. So yeah, sorry, you're Selby. Yeah, no, he just retired, and then there was a Dr. Miller, and they they were both. Um, Dr. Miller's probably my favorite. Dr. Selby was advisor and and helped me out a ton. So they they were both great. Um, 
non-academic. Um, I, I got um, uh, my junior year, I think. I got the intramural male of the year. Wow. Um, for, what? Yeah, for all the stuff that we did. Um, so um, the the head of intramurals was the head women's basketball coach, and um, she's a I think got to be in ODAC Hall of Fame, maybe Virginia Hall of Fame, uh, Susan Dunnigan. And uh, yeah, so we just, I mean, I played everything, you know, and, and we had, and we were the GDIs. We were the goddamn independents. You mm. know? So when we were, nice. you know, taking on all the fraternities and everything and, um, and, and we were beating them at, you know, certain things. So, um, so yeah, I just, just played everything, you know, whether it was a three on three or the full on basketball, you know, league or, softball or flag football i mean we just played everything yeah so that's how we grew up yeah so that was fun and then um i guess uh my my kids make fun of me when i tell them the story i've told them the story but um playing you, you weren't allowed to have a car your freshman year at roanoke um but somebody that played golf got an exception because you had to have transportation to the golf course you had to have self-transportation self-transportation yeah. so um so anyway, we had a uh, a kid on the hall. Uh, Crawford Hall was our freshman dorm, and um, I'm not I can't remember if he was actually from Alaska, or if he just had a fake ID from Alaska, <laughs> like McLovin. Yeah, like McLovin, exactly right. Nice. Um, McLovin's was from Hawaii, though. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but we became the beer hookup team. So so I would drive him to the store. He would purchase it, and we would bring it back just, to the dorm. Just need uh, yeah. a golf player and a, a, a Alaska driver's license. Alaskan fake ID. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's so, good. And then have one one close call where I did. I don't know what I did, but I did something, and we got stopped, and we had like three cases of beer, but luckily they were covered up on the rear floor, and so they never and, saw it, and they never saw it. So wow. So that was the close call, though. But I guess if you were underage and you had beer in your vehicle, that's that was against the law back then. I figured that would be the underage possession, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah. So I just I just know I was happy to make it back. You just blame McFreezen over here. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, so you uh, majored in history, uh, minored in English lit. Yeah. You obviously liked reading. You like writing. What were you going to do with that? What was the idea? Like your senior year? Hey, I guess when I graduate, I'm going to go pursue what? Yeah. So so I did all that. So I'll go ahead and tell the story. Um, and you've heard it. Kevin's probably heard it, but of course, maybe I've said it on here. But of course, I credit your mom with changing my life. I went Roanoke. Um, I think still is. Um, I told you about Fred. He was he was in business, and Roanoke had one of the top two hundred business schools in the country at the time. And uh, so I went there, and I'm like, I'm going to do business. You know, I'm going to be like my dad, and da 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 da, and that's what I was going to do. And um, first semester, I got uh, the one course I didn't do well. I got a D in accounting. Um, funny that I married an accountant, but uh, anyway. accounting is pretty boring. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I just I just couldn't get it. You know, with some of the I figured I kind of remember it kind of being like geometry, and I mean, I can I can do a lot of math really really quickly in my head, um, but if you start talking about theories and you know stuff like that, well, they're accounting principles. Yes, that you gotta follow exactly and, right. Yeah, yep. there so. also shouldn't be letters in math. <laughs> That's a very good call. I like that. I don't, um, I don't know why you got so close to the microphone <laughs> on that one, but he, make sure you heard. Yeah, he wanted to emphasize. <laughs> um, so anyway, but um, so I came home that that fall. I, I think we'll talk about it. I'm I'm a year older than most of our 
you and most of our friends. Yep. So I came home and I came out to hang. I came over to your house and hung out with you. And I always say, Brenda straightened my life out in 20 minutes because I said, yeah, I went in like unlike most college freshmen, knowing exactly what I wanted to do, and I came out the first semester totally confused. Yeah. And then she said, and that was at the time, might still hold some truth. Go ahead and major in something that you like because a job's going to teach you 90% of what you need to know. And they're going to want people that can carry on conversations in multiple subjects. So if you get a liberal arts education, you'll have a broad base to talk about. And many bre- different breadth, is, breadth is going to be really important unless you're going into like a hardcore science yeah, or right. Yeah. You're going to be an engineer. You're going to be a you know doctor. You know something like that. So um, so anyway, that's that's why I went back and and um, and did the whole history and American lit thing. So. And then, um, but my junior year is when I got an interest in law enforcement. And then, of course, I wasn't going to stay an extra two years and switch my major to criminology. So, I, you know, finished out with that. And then, um, but yeah, my junior year, I kind of knew I wanted to go into law, some type of law enforcement. Did so, something happen that caught your attention with law enforcement? Um, I don't, I don't think so. I think um, it might, actually, I do think there was like a job fair or something that was there. And I went to that and. Um, of course, at that time, it was, you know, the, the, the big ones were there, you know, so Secret Service, FBI, U.S. Marshals, things like that. So, um, but... Um, Park Police wasn't there. No, not at that point. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, yeah. so when you graduated, what was your... Uh, you, you you worked a ton at King's Dominion. We need to talk about King's Dominion. You and your, your family have become, or, <laughs> yeah. or just theme park, can I say, yeah. freaks? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can. I, I mean that as a term of yeah, endearment. right, right. Yeah, no, so... So Chris and I, yeah, we're actually a King's Dominion romance. Um, but yeah, I, I started working at King's Dominion when I was 16. Because um, you and I lived eight minutes from King's Dominion yes, growing up. Yeah, but, yep. So right up the road. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, yeah, before it, so I, you know, I, I cut grass like we all did. I delivered papers, you know, like we might have done. We had the Camp Lakeview experience, you know. Um, and I think that was the I year. forgot about Camp Lakeview. Yeah, so oh, all of our counselors at 15 to... It, so we're we're making exactly zero dollars an hour. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. So, but um, so and I think that was the year before KD. So then I yeah I started KD when I was sixteen and um, started off in food and beverage. You know, so um, kind of essentially became a short order cook and then you know got a couple promotions and then um, and then actually um, I guess it was the summer before my first year of college I went into HR. And um, it was a dual job. It was doing interviews to hire people. But my main gig was, um, believe it or not, I was the sports activities director. And you loved that. And I loved it, yeah. So I got to organize all the sports that we did. So we had basketball tournament, volleyball tournament. We had a full softball season. Um, we played all-stars against Bush Gardens for softball. That's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a great time. Um, so a whole bunch of other things. And I had a – um, uh, a colleague, Beth Woodcock, um, that was her maiden name, um, who was the entertainment activities director. She was and still is awesome, and uh, and we just had a great time together. And I think we ended up doing that for three years. So, yes, sir. So did you ever, like, manage one of the rides, like the Rebel Yell, like the guy that, you know, starts, starts the rides one. and all that good stuff? No. So there was a couple times later in my um, at the end of when I was there as a seasonal, um, that I had, they were short staffed and I would go like, I'd go, I'd check the seats, but no, I was yeah. never trained to push the button and yeah. actually send the coaster up. So, 
Um, I, my my closest interaction eventually with um, with uh, roller coasters was again when I realized I wanted to go in law enforcement. Um, at one time, Kings Dominion actually they have um, the full timers there are essentially have the same uh, powers as a Hanover deputy, mm. and then they usually have. Uh, this is when I was. I think it's changed a lot now that Jack's working there. Um, but uh, your the, your son Jack, my son Jack. Yeah, sorry. Um, but at the time, we had uh, usually about 20 or 25 guys and girls that would be called seasonal police officers. They were sworn in by the Hanover Circuit Court, and they had arrest power. The only difference is they didn't carry a firearm like the full-timers. And they could only arrest on Kings Dominion property. On Kings Dominion property, and then um, and then we had a two-mile outstretch. Oh, really? Yeah, like if we needed to chase somebody off property. Or yeah, I guess like that's that. pretty typical between jurisdictions, a mile or two. Yeah, yeah. probably something. So, um, so um um, Smokey the Bandit just jumped in my head. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So, um, but um, where was I going? Well, we were talking about uh, law enforcement and then... Uh, I oh, so, I'm sorry. Dominion. So security. When yeah. I got into security at Kings Dominion, then I had to climb up the to the top of a couple roller coasters. Distinctly remember doing it at the Rebel Yell because the coaster got stuck. And so we would be the ones that would go up and calm people down. Until oh. Rod's maintenance got there and could fix it and get were it rolling. Were people freaking again. out? Oh yeah, yeah. They were getting, they were flipping out. Especially a couple's like the shockwave when they would, you know, be hanging upside down. So. Did anything terrible happen at the park while you were there? I know it's yeah. a horrible question to ask. You know. Um, yeah. No, actually, um, I think I just told my daughter Riley. I think I just told her the story uh, not too long ago. But um, yeah, a buddy of mine, Kevin, can't remember his last name, but we were. It was food and beverage. I think I was seventeen. And we were coming back from the canteen from having our break and having lunch. And we walked underneath Eiffel Tower. And um, we had just gotten... So the canteen is, uh, say, on the right side of International Street. And we were going down to Safari. So we were on the left side of International Street. And uh, and a guy jumped off the tower. Yeah, I worked so, that day, too. Yeah. So, it was crazy. Yeah, it was it was nuts. So What? Yeah. So... Um, I so didn't think you could get over the the railing up there. I guess you obviously yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, really I think to. obviously they reinforced it after that, but there, I guess there was some way that he could squirm through. So and he and, so he, that, and he hit the pavement head first. Yes, he did. Yep. So and there was store. I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, of course that was. You could hear that it. Was bad. You could hear it everywhere. Yeah, that was bad. It was it was nasty, and they were. Um, yeah, I don't want to get macabre, but um, but they were. It's hard to forget when you're a teenager. I, I can imagine. Yeah, it's in your. Well, they they were they were finding things in the bushes five oh, days sure. later and stuff. I'm so sure. it's in your brain forever. Yeah. So and then um, so that was probably the the worst thing when I was a seasonal, and then when I was um, I think I was full time. I think I was full time when the guy climbed out of the seat on the shockwave and basically got nixed. Yeah. yeah. So so uh, I was actually one of the first ones on the scene for that. Oh. So, yeah. So, yeah, oh, just, I I mean, just, just that setting up the perimeter and everything like that. Yeah, so. thanks for that question. Kevin. Yeah, let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. things it, back it, up. It happens. I mean, How was the entertainment? You know, <laughs> yeah, back then the entertainment was great. Uh, when we were young, before we were working there, that's when they had the the water ski show and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. I mean, that was that was the bomb diggity. I thought they had a lot of concerts there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I watched Jimmy Buffett there six years in a row. James Taylor. Um, when I was full time, I actually escorted Britney Spears. Mm. Uh, she was not big at the time. She was still 
you know, playing these small, you know, had she done it again yet? Six or uh, I'm I'm not at, I'm not allowed Oops. to answer that question. So, no. but so when you say escort, would you like right next to her? Like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, she had a couple of her guys, and then but I was her King's Dominion escort, and I mean, I was you know, it's cool. Yeah. So, I I, um, I went to a Seals and Croft concert, and I only bring it up because it's the first time I ever smelled. Uh, marijuana. marijuana yeah i didn't know what it, it was at the time but years later i'm like huh i think i've smelled this yeah before. right yeah yeah but i mean i mean patty labelle um yeah i, I listen to the kids uh, we're talking about it but y'all all three of the kids work at king's dominion talk about how we're a theme park family and then um and they they talk about a you know 25 or thirty thousand people in the park and that uh, it's a fair amount um but Patty Labelle days, we would we would have forty five to forty eight thousand people in Kings Dominion. Yeah. We we were we were parking cars in the what we called the it, it was basically an old air landing strip. It's down past the park, and you turn back going up the kind of the left side of it. It's Route six eighty eight. Okay. And there's just a wide open field over there, and we would be parking cars over there. I mean, it was just crazy. That is so, crazy. But um, I mean, that, that's a small city. Forty-five, fifty thousand people. Oh yeah, yeah. So, and and I always say, King's Dominion itself was its own um, little town or little city. I mean, we town had, on normal days. Yeah. Well, and and that well, and I say that from um, from the full time employee standpoint. I mean, we had. I mean, we covered everything. I mean, we had. Yeah, you know, we had HR. We had marketing. Yeah, you know, we had operations. Uh, we had maintenance. I got to be such a good friends with a guy in maintenance. He came and fixed the shower head at my house one day. Oh, wow. Know, stuff like that. So, because um, I'm not mechanical in nature. So, but, um, but yeah. So, but yeah, KD, um, I think the main thing that I say about KD is it credits me with, uh, I credit it with, um, is, is the ability for me of how I talk to people. Um, and I think, um, like when I got into law enforcement, I think that's one of the things that was one of my best attributes is I could talk down yeah. people a lot from edgy situations and things like that. I mean, that's that's but, that's the part a big part of the gig, right? It is, yeah. So, um, but I mean, King's Dominion. I mean, especially like when I was working security in the parking lot. I mean, you were you were dealing with every socioeconomic class that there was. I mean, you were you were having folks coming in and they were dropping their kids off with their season passes and King's Dominion was their babysitter, you know, for mm. the summer. Oh yeah. And then, uh, then you had other folks that came in and they, they were staying at the, I don't know what it is now. I think at a time it was the best Western, you know, the hotel right mm-hmm. next to it. And they were, they were staying there for two or three days and that, that was their summer vacation because that's all they could afford. Right. You know, so um, really taught you how to, you know, talk to a bunch of different people from different backgrounds and cultures. And It made you so, worldly and you hadn't left your home county. Yeah, right. So again, six, six miles up the highway and boom, you were there. So. All right. So you knew you wanted to do law enforcement. You were pretty pretty sure you want to do law enforcement before you graduated college what was yep. your first job uh in law enforcement uh first job in law enforcement was uh u.s park police um, and how old so, were you when you started that uh that was started there in 92 okay so i think 24 is when i got hired okay so a couple years after college yeah so i did i did kd the summer after i graduated just because i knew it and then um and then I worked for a cousin by marriage, um, doing computer leasing. Mm. Um, and uh, they were—he was in a building with a company called Cottrell Communications. They're still there. They're still there over off Impala, off of uh, um, the one side. Yeah, north, kind of north side mm. of Henrico. Um, but they also had a little security contingent. So mm. at 
23. I had no business, looking back now, I had no business doing it, but I became the operations manager for this security company. And it was, it was installing security equipment. So I would set up jobs and do billing and things like that. But, um, but the whole time I was, I was applying for, for law enforcement jobs. And and most law enforcement entities want some real world experience. Uh, They don't want just straight out of high school or straight out of college going straight into law enforcement. Yeah. And I, I mentioned, you know, some of the bigger names. I mean, the FBI and Secret Service generally won't even look at you unless you're 26 to 28 because, like you just said, they want you to have that four or five years unless you got something specialized. But if you're just a they, – they have a category of just general hires, or at least they used to. And um, But if, if you were that, they wanted you to have you know four to six years of just regular life experience, no matter kind of no matter what you did. So. Yeah. Uh, I use the term – Theme park freak earlier. Yeah. your wife may not appreciate that. No, no. Term. She she'll say, she'll tell you she's a, a Disney geek without being a geek. Well, so when I thought of theme parks in your family, how many times have you and your family been to Disney World? So we've so Julia's seventeen, and we've been nineteen times since she was one. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so you got to explain what what is, and we'll come back to law enforcement because that's a big part of your yeah. your story. What what is it about Disney World that gets you guys there on average more than once a year? Yeah, um, so so it's funny we're actually talking about going for three or four days over Christmas <laughs> right now, um, but um, I mean Chris says it and it's true. It's just um, yeah you, know, you know one of their themes throughout you know some of their marketing has been the happiest place on earth and. For whatever reason, we're just really, really happy there. So we just go down. So why not we, go to a ha- your happy place? Yeah. So we just go down and we have a great time. And um, it's true for all five of you. All five of you love it. Yes, we all love it. So um, we just we can't get enough of it. Um, so and you know we'll, and I'll talk about the kids eventually. But I mean, um, I mean Riley did some artwork on shoes. You know, for white tennis shoes, and she did artwork on the shoes for her and Julia and Julia's best friend that, that went with us this last time in August. Um, so Disney characters. Yeah. And just, um, so yeah, we just really get into it and we've, um, Chris is amazing. Her, her dad and I, you know, told her at one time that she should, um, start her own company and just say, you know, invite people to say, okay, I want to spend this amount of money and then let Chris, yeah, she'd organize, be all over. Organize your trip for you. She yeah. she would do it fl- uh, flawlessly, and she would do it yeah. uh, with without effort. Yeah, she would and love she, doing and it, she, and she would save them. And I mean, I can't fathom the amount of money just through deals or anything you know that she saved us over the years, and it, and it's extended to her dad, extended to her mom and dad, and, and now and but her dad and her, her mom too, but her dad is retired military. So now we get the you know we will he gets the the tickets so we get the military discount on that yeah but I mean the meal plans that she finds and just various things and and we've stayed all kinds of different places we've stayed off site on site um, there's the Shades of Green which is the military resort and we've stayed there you know a couple times because of of uh, Glenn so yeah. Um, so yeah it's just great time and you know we would take a day off in the middle and go over to SeaWorld with our Bush Gardens passes you know we kind of you know did that whole combo thing yeah yeah and, um, so, um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I think we just like Florida. We've done it a couple of times. Um, uh, again, I know we'll talk about Riley playing softball. We were down there one time and they just didn't have a good tournament. And yeah, we, it was a five or six day tournament and we were out in two and a half days. Mm. So guess what we did for the other three? Yeah. 
we, we went to Disney. So, wow. Instead of coming back home. Do so, you normally drive down or fly? So actually, this past August is the first time that we've flown. So okay. other than that, we drove. Um, and uh, when we drive, we drive through the night. Um, yeah, because that was the way did. to do it uh, with the kids when they were young, uh, yeah. that they would sleep, you know, through the night, and then. So, um, so I, I was joking with a couple of folks that this this year is the first time that Chris and I have gotten there and, and not been in a zombie-like state. So. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, well. Yeah, you should enjoy it too. Yeah. The, the first exactly day right. or two. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. All right. So park police. Why the park police? Yeah, so um, so I was applying everywhere, uh, a bunch of different places, um, and um, and I'd heard about the Park Police. The Park Police is um, they're actually the oldest law enforcement agency hmm. uh, in the United States. Uh, they started off, if I recall, being called Night Watchmen, um, seventeen eighty nine, I think, is when they okay. were founded. And um, but it's I just it it was um, a little bit of I don't know. Uh, luck. I don't know. I, I took the test for the U.S. Marshals, um, and um, and I got I did well. I got like a ninety five point a ninety four point eight or something like that. And point eight, they wouldn't look at you unless you got a ninety five. So I had to wait to take that again. Oh wow! But two or three weeks later, I went to take the test for the Park Police. It was the same exact test. And there was a part on that test was, you guys have heard about this, where there was like 50 questions, but you only had five, like five minutes, five or 10 minutes to complete it. Um, and it was like two plus two. You were probably going to get it right. It was just a question of how many could you do in the time allotted. Right. And with the U.S. Marshals, I got through like 41 of them because I, I didn't know about it. I wasn't expecting it. I got in the U.S. Park Police and I got... 49 out of 50 or 50 out of 50 and that gave me like a 98 point something on the test and they so. wanted to see if you could retrieve knowledge uh under pressure yeah quickly and yeah and yeah. just get it done in a and yeah like in that like I said yeah in a time allotted so so anyway so um so yeah then went through the process and um and got hired and i uh, was excited like i said about 24 years old i think and um yep then so went down to Fletzy, which is the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, which is in Georgia, Glencoe, Georgia. And uh, Park Police, um, other than the Border Patrol, has the longest academy down there. And the only reason Border Patrol is longer is because they have a like an eight-week Spanish program that they go mm. through. Makes sense. But, yep. So, um, but yeah, it was it was great. Um, really good training, and um, you you actually uh, had to box. I did have to box. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we that was part of what they put us through, and um, that we had we had physical stuff. Um, I think every day, maybe four out of five days or something. We were just like every academy I ever went through. We were running a lot, um, and uh, but I was I was still uh, really spindly. I think I came out of that academy weighing like one forty eight. I mean, I was not not a, not big at all. You were you were twenty four at the time. The last time I weighed one forty eight, I, I think it was in seventh grade. <laughs> right, probably so. Yeah. So um, I think now I, th- I think I went in like at 160, but again, just the you know the, all the physical stuff that we did. I mean, I you know I was, probably was in one of the best shapes of my life at that time too when I came out. Yeah. So. But um, but yeah, really good training. Um, I had a um, Dan Kushner. We were the, we were the last two to arrive with our class, 
And uh, that's how they paired you up for roommates. It was the first one and the second one, the third and fourth, and so on and so forth. So we were the 23rd and 24th people to arrive. We were the last two in our class. Oh, there were only 24 in your class. 24 in our class, yep. So how many park policemen are there at any given time? Um, Ish. I wouldn't wouldn't know now. So um, that's a great question. Well, because they're they're in New York – D.C. and San, and San Fran. Fran. Yep. So mainly based out of out of D.C. Um, I think from what I understand from the history, of course, the District of Columbia before it was District of Columbia was a national park. Mm-hmm. So um, so it would be funny. We would um, so in D.C. We also we had other jurisdictions that we would cover, and we I guess they did it everywhere because I had it in San Fran too. But um, in D.C., you had the same power as a metro police officer within the city, and then we had the um, four. We had some jurisdiction in the four southern counties of Maryland and the five northern counties of Virginia. The Park Police did have the Baltimore Washington Parkway and the George Washington Parkway are ours. So that's George Washington is uh, at least it used to be District Two and and BW used to be District Four. So okay. there was five districts at the time. So I ended up in the Central District, which is right there in East Potomac Park. You've probably seen it as you drive in the. DC though you don't know it it's kind of uh, across from the Thomas Jefferson Memorial okay so Damn. what's the so. significance of the name park is it literally because you're it's national parks national yep. parks so okay. and and it's it's everybody's heard of park rangers um, yeah. and and park rangers there's different folks like the park rangers that we dealt with in DC were interpretational rangers they talked about history and things like that you go to Yosemite or Yellowstone and there's law enforcement you know right. rangers um, but yeah, U.S. Park Police is, is not widely known. Um, but uh, again, only really located, like Paul said, in three areas, uh, mainly in D.C. And then um, in New York and San Francisco, we are where um, we're where um, there is just a lot of a lot of park yep. land. So in San Francisco, when I was out there, we basically had about thirty miles of coastline. Is what we did for the most part, and we had also. Um, Back in the mid '90s is when the DoD uh, started um, started shutting down bases, and the Presidio um, is one of the first ones they did, and they sold that or got transferred to the National Park Service. Oh, okay. So I was actually the first park police officer from DC to go out to start bolstering the force that was needed out in San Francisco. Gotcha. And if uh, there was a felony like a serious felony committed on let's say yosemite or yellowstone did you guys travel to do that or they took care of their own uh at those national parks yeah so um i I think they could handle general crimes like that um they might have brought in um the park police was a full law enforcement agency so of course we had investigators detectives whatever um they were called at the time um so they they would go do other stuff um Again, funny what you remember. I remember um, uh, going through Academy, and we had um, Brian Bosworth. Um, he actually played the part in the movie, but he was based on a guy that um, was a undercover uh, in a motorcycle gang. Um, but this, and so just that's a side note. But it was about there was this two pictures, and the first one was essentially this motorcycle gang essentially telling the park ranger. And I don't remember what park it was, but basically that it, it was like a dollar fee, you know, for each person. So they had they had like seventy bikers, but they wouldn't give the seventy dollars to the park ranger. Like they wouldn't pay the fee. 
and they were I think they were kind of squatting and they wouldn't leave. And then the next the next photo you see is the motorcycle guy handing money to the park ranger. Well, if you pull back a little bit, what you also see is it, the sun is behind the guy taking the photo, a person taking the photo, and you see shadows. And we were told that those were U.S. Park police officers standing with shotguns on a hill, looking down on the motorcycle gang. <laughs> so we we were we're to, to basically tell, we're we're the park police is the urban law enforcement arm of the park service, where okay. the rangers are more um, rural per se, I guess. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah, we've I think the ninth um, was it the ninth is it the ninth circuit court or whatever that's the federal court? Yeah, I mean we had you know people in there tell us you know we were thugs and stuff like that but you know it's we were the we're the urban law enforcement arm so yeah so, so we would we would go places if need be so yeah. uh did you pull anybody over that uh was internationally famous while you were out in san fran yeah so actually um and he'll be mentioned later because uh, i know a certain question that's coming later but um uh-huh. so okay. uh so yeah we so with the presidio um we had a stretch. It was uh, there was beach on one side, and then there was a couple huge, um, basically living quarter buildings. You know that that uh, I think probably you know privates used to live in. It was like apartment buildings essentially. Um, but right out of that exit of the military base was a I'm trying to remember names. It was a I think it was called the Cliffs, and um, the houses were so close you could almost you know open up your window and stick a broomstick and touch your you know neighbor's house. But they were also all like, you know, one, at the time, they were like $1.5 million housing mm. or something. But, um, now they're $10 million. Probably houses. so. So, But there was one house in there that kind of was its own thing. Nothing touched it. There was a huge, you know, fence wall around it or whatever. And that was Robin Williams' house. And um, But that little stretch right there was one of my... My, my niche, like, like I, I got a buddy who's with the Bureau of Land Management now... And his niche was he could look at a car and tell you if there was narcotics in it. Mm. And we had another guy that could tell you if there was a gun in the car or something like that. My thing was um, traffic stops and DUIs and things like that. So so with that, I ran a lot of radar. And I was running radar one time, and, and this uh, car came through. It was a 25-mile-per-hour zone, came through at 42, and uh, pulled him over. And I, you know, we, we used to drive. We would drive through the cliffs. We had a, uh, another the neighborhood. We had a... Um, part of the park that was on the other side of that so and i'm walking up on the car and i'm like man that looks a lot like the green range rover that sits in robin williams driveway and sure enough it, he was driving and uh, his wife was in the driver's seat or in the passenger seat and um, it was actually her car um but uh how'd that go it went well he was um she was really nice um he was a little standoffish um to a degree i think um but civil and nice and you know didn't you know he, he didn't give you a uh do you know who i am no line. no he didn't do that so but, you should have um, just nanu nandered him and then, let him go. <laughs> and then let him go i did i did let him go i gave him a, i gave him a warning of course um, you did yep. why wouldn't you right, right? exactly yep. you don't want to be the guy to get right a ticket for no, Robbie Williams. definitely not so and i i think somewhere i could still have it i probably probably got tossed at some point but I definitely did. Uh, you know, when when you stop somebody on traffic stop, you call back in dispatch. They run their license to make sure you know they don't have any warrants or it's not suspended or something like that. And I'm pretty sure I kept that print out. But 
Again, I'm not sure where that might be at this point. You probably have it. It's probably in the attic somewhere. I was going to say, so, you don't throw stuff away. Not, not very often, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a hoarder, according to my family. So. You're not an extreme hoarder, well, but you, you lean that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get better. So Yeah, it's all good. So how long were you with the uh, Park Police? So I was with the Park Police um, about four and a half years. So I did about a year in D.C. Um, again, Central District. It's been a little time. We actually... Um, I spent, uh, they were short staffed. I did about three months at the Kennedy Center. Um, helped deliver a baby there. Oh, so, that's yep. cool. So, um, that's certainly better than, uh, somebody getting out of his seat on a roller coaster. Yes. Definitely concur. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, yeah. So, did about a year, yeah, year, maybe 14, 15 months, I think, in DC, and then was out in San Francisco for two or three years, two and a half, three years. And you like San Fran. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I um I had a first cousin out there that has you know in a way kind of become like a you know the, I mean I have what we'll talk about it. I have I do have big sisters but um but um she was like added to, basically became another big sister. She had a first kid three weeks before I got out there, so um so that was a lot of fun getting to know her. Um, I did big brothers, big sisters while I was out there, so I had a little out there, and that was a lot. Of, that was a ton of fun. Um, it did. I mean, we talk about sports and stuff, and so golf and softball is what I did a lot out there. And um, it essentially doesn't rain from April to October. So mm-hmm. the only reason you would show up and not play a softball game is if you didn't have enough people. So no. and that never happened. So um, so um, yeah. And then just like DC, we had a couple places that were you know either either park service. We actually had an Arnold Palmer course on the Presidio. Um, and then, well, I guess they eventually bought it once they, you know, switched over to private. And then, uh, there was a couple other courses that were San Francisco courses, but we got to play for free. And so I actually played in the California state police Olympics and, um, and, uh, won, won a couple gold medals, a couple with a couple with a buddy of mine who played, we played, you know, kind of a captain's choice, best ball type thing. So that was one of the three or four times I went down to Southern California. Yeah, that's cool. Which was very, very different. So California is a whole different ball game. So yeah, I mean it's it's but, a it's a gorgeous state. Yes, yeah. Um, but it's it's di- different than uh, most places on the East Coast. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, I had a great time out there, and um, yeah, loved it. Always knew I'd come back east, um, and then um, and then an opportunity eventually presented itself, and. Things were not. Um, if you want me to just yeah, it. sure. Go, so go so next, it. next was actually full time at Kings Dominion, um, and uh, came home for Wesley's wedding, and uh, went back up to see my old boss, who was my HR boss, and she said, "Hey, the number two spot in security is coming open. Would you be interested?" And um, I said, "Sure." And uh, there was three things that were happening in my life at that time that uh, with the Park Police. One, I was having no luck with California girls. Um, two, you would think, I know, tell me about it. Two, you would think the Park Service would be, you know, an agency that would help you with school. And I decided I kind of wanted to go back, maybe try to get my master's in something. And uh, But they didn't give me any money for that. And then... That um, seems I, odd. I, it is. And I probably didn't pursue I'm sure there was some government program I probably could have done something with. But... Um, and then um, to get promoted with the Park Police, a, a promotion list would come out, and your class had to have four years on to go through the next process. My class missed that. The date on that, we missed it by 11 days. 
So you had so, to wait basically so another year. So was going to have to wait. Uh, two, they did every two years. So oh, was, so, yeah, that, was, that's yeah. brutal. Yeah. So, um, but so I, I came back from Pee Wee's wedding, and um, how many people can call Pee Wee Pee Wee? These days, because I think he prefers Wes or Wesley. He does. Um, There's probably what six or seven of us. Yeah, Max. Yeah. So, um, can can Kevin call Pee Wee Pee Wee? I, I, I don't think he's at that level quite yet. So, but um, uh, it's funny. So, got back out there and um, and actually promptly. I don't just got busy and I just promptly forgot about the you know about doing it. And she you know wanting the application to be sent in and and she called me three or four weeks later and said, "Hey, you going to do this?" <laughs> um, we had a great relationship, known each other for years, and I said, "Oh yeah, sorry, did I send it in?" And a month later, they flew me in for an interview, and um, that was in a November, and then uh, um, yeah, December accepted the job, so and was ready to come back home. I think to a degree, and uh, Park Police was great. Yeah, I mean, the the um, major that was in San Francisco said, "Hey, we'll you know transfer you back to D.C. No hard feelings, anything like that," and. I don't know. I guess I was just ready for a change too. And then, and I had applied for full time jobs at Kings Dominion after college, uh, like in games and you know stuff. I didn't. I just wanted to work full time at KD. So right. I think that was again theme park freak. <laughs> so <laughs> I just I just thought it'd be a good job, and and still you know was in law enforcement as well. Um, but but KD ended up being a really neat job in respect that you know I was kind of law enforcement for half the year when it was open um and you know i was outside and in the field and doing things um and then the other half of the year it was teaching me a lot about budgets and mm. you know i was that that my title was operations manager so that was that was doing more managerial stuff you know off season you know with some you know business type things so yeah um so doing schedules you know for perimeter which was 24 7 365 and so so yeah, so that was KD was next after that. And then so. you ended up uh, working in a couple other different uh, law enforcement entities yeah. after KD, right? Right. Yep. So so kind of got back again. We talked about you know getting life experience and everything. So um, so about three and a half years into KD, I decided I wanted to. I actually wanted to go back into law enforcement, but I wanted to try for Secret Service or FBI or something like that. So I started going through their processes and. Um, and kind of opposite of what I said earlier, they said, hey, we'd really like you to get back into law enforcement, you know, to go through our process. So I was like, okay, whatever you <laughs> tell me, that's what I'd like to do. So um, so I ended up uh, going to Henrico PD, Henrico Police, after I left Kings Dominion. And um, so that was my second academy. And um, Did you have to go through the full academy? I had to go through the full academy there, yep. So, um, and that was... Uh, lengthy um 30 30 weeks maybe i think something like that we had 40 we were the largest class ever to go through it was kind of it was almost double what poor police class I think what year was, was this this was 2001 okay so um yeah so uh and i was and so say that i was 34 too so i was actually one of the older guys in the class too um but um but yeah so um did that and it was uh man again talk about running and all kinds of stuff but it was a really good academy and i think we started with 45 and we had five people that failed out um so i think we ended up with 40 which still made us a pretty big class um and we actually um at that time made henrico full on amount of positions that they were allowed which i think was like 510 or something like that so 
Um, now they're like a lot of the places there, and they have been over the years. They're understaffed, so yeah. I think. But um, but yeah, I did that um, for maybe like a year and a half, and then um, I th- maybe I mentioned it earlier, but King's Dominion was the main feeder um, for Hanover. They, they Hanover loved the fact that these seasonal guys and girls were getting experience, and and they and, go and up they didn't have to pay for it. Yeah, no, they were getting some real, real good world experience, and they and they they came in with some good training. Hanover helped us with training uh, to you know from time to time, and um, so uh, so I had a couple guys that I'd supervised at Kings Dominion who were now Hanover deputies, and at Henrico it was um, it was you know changing every week. You changed your schedule. You were it was three. It was eight-hour shifts, and you'd work like a week of days, then a week of mids, then a week of evenings. That's brutal. It is. Yeah, it was. So they'll they'll mm-hmm. tell you it takes years off your life. Um, and so they were like, hey, you know, permanent shift. You know, no matter what it is, it could be one of the weird ones, but you know, it's still a permanent shift, and yeah, at least right. you get something used to it. And that's what I had. Park place. I actually uh, San Francisco. I worked midnights. Ninety um, percent of the time, I was out there and loved it. Um, but uh, so I really didn't care what I got. But I just thought it'd be fun to. And, and with Henrico, I didn't have a take-home car, you know, because I lived outside the county. Mm. So Hanover, I had to take-home car, and you know, and I ended up getting day shift, and so that was wow, that was good. So, so made that transition, um, and um, yeah. So again, about another about about between those two, I did about three years total, I think, something like that, and then. Um, and then I had a, a guy at the time, uh, you guys have seen him all around town, RMC Events was starting up, yep. and um, got to know um, him, and he offered me a job. And and um, at that point, so so when I was going through the Henrico Police Academy, we found out we were pregnant with Jack. And uh, so then I actually kind of decided, we decided together that I just would stay local because... FBI, Secret Service, those you're moving every three or four years, especially if you wanted to move up. So we decided we weren't going to, you know, move around, you know, with kids. So, um, so anyway, started working for MC Events, um, you know, brought some decent experience to the job and, um, and he was fledgling getting going and then he just took off and we were busier than. He's huge now. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's very big. So it's a great, um, a great part-time job for people to work. So, I mean, you get to kind of you see the list of events, and you go, hey, I like to work that, 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 and that, you know? So it's a, it's a great part-time gig for a lot of people. You can enjoy a sporting um, event, and yep. you're still working, but yep. you're enjoying a sporting yep. event or a concert or whatever. Yep, exactly right. So, so i got a question. What is your most memorable or maybe scariest chase, car chase? Chase, chase or just moment? Or, or, moment. Do, or yeah. we can stay with car as, chase. As a, police officer um oof. what's the fastest you've ever traveled in pursuit start there and then you can work your way to scary oh, that's a good one like like 132 or something like that did you enjoy going 132 miles yeah, an hour across the golden gate bridge so. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah they, so. i mean m- most people from this country don't even have never even driven on the, uh, the golden gate bridge yeah. much less gone more than 80 <laughs> miles an hour yeah what it or more than 130 miles an hour in this yeah. case. So two yeah. in the morning or something? Yeah, yeah it was midnights. I yeah. mean, so yeah, but um, but yeah, I think we had a guy that was leaving the city. Uh, I would tell people that every day of my life. Yeah, I drove 132 in the Golden Gate Bridge. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Another funny story about that was um, I could tell a story, but and I had, we 
we had pool cars with park police too out there and um we would we would fight for the unmarked cars so it had it had lights like in the windshields and stuff but not on top and it didn't have markings on the side they couldn't see you coming yeah Yeah, basically and um so um the golden gate bridge at least used to had uh three lanes and you know fast lane you're supposed to be going fast you're not supposed to be going 10 miles on the speed limit and i started i was going to the to the north side i was going to san rafael county where we had some land i was going to patrol that night and uh got there and and this guy's doing 10 miles below the speed limit. So I politely, you know, flick my brights to get him to move over into the other you know, lane. And he gives me the finger. <laughs> and he obviously couldn't see the car. And uh, our, our undercover lights were like uh, Battlestar Galactica, the bad guys, where the, it would go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that mode on one of my lights, and I did that. And he was like, <gasps> you could just see him move over and stuff like that. But. Um, but the, you didn't pursue. That wasn't the pursuit. no, no. That wasn't the pursuit. That was that was just a occurrence. Um, probably the um, I got a couple things. I guess uh, I actually had this happen twice. And at the time, I was the only person to do it. I'm sure it's been done since. Um, but one of my coolest stops I ever had. There was this stretch on the beach of about two miles, and the city of San Francisco, where we had jurisdiction, had put up a stoplight every quarter of a mile because it used to be a drag strip. Mm. Um, so. Um, so they had little cutouts, and we would sit there and just do our paperwork. But if we wanted to do traffic stops, we'd watch for people running red lights, too, because a lot of people wouldn't pay attention. they just run the red lights. And I was sitting there one night, and uh, this car went through a red light. And I was in the car, and there was uh, lamps around the stoplights. But in between, it was pitch black dark. And um, so I pulled out, and I didn't turn on my headlights, you know, stealth mode or whatever, and... Uh, came out and watched them go through another red light and they never saw me and watched them go through a third one and then they pulled up at the fourth or second and third or for third and fourth whatever it was and um and i turned on my headlights and turned on my lights to initiate the traffic stop and they switched spots mm. i watch them do it they're they're switch spots um they were both drunk mm. and, and so after they switched spots i let the new person drive for 30 feet so arrested two people for drunk driving in one <laughs> in one stop so that's awesome yeah and that happened another i had i did that one other time um two for but, one uh, special yeah it's efficient yeah. yes exactly so but it, um probably the i don't know coolest story or the dumbest i ever was with the park police was um uh i'm sitting at this place was called the cliff house and i think it's since closed but we went there um there's a guy, the guy I mentioned from BLM, Noel Wagner, and he actually, his wife was, his now wife was a waitress there, um, I think, or manager or hostess or something. But um, but anyway, uh, we would go there and, you know, get coffee or hot chocolate. Um, you know, San Fran's, you know, 35, 40 degrees majority of the time at night. And uh, so we'd go get something, and I'm sitting in that parking lot or just down from it or something like that, and all of a sudden um, some person comes running up to my car and they knock on my window um or they knock on the back of the car and i look up and they're like hey my friend just fell and so off the cliff apparently off the cliff so i don't really know at this time but there's trails and um and this is again two three four o'clock in the morning or whatever and um and they fell and so noel actually showed up as well and um we didn't have much uh, much to say for climbing rope in in our cars. Um, imagine the little yellow 
uh, cord that yeah. you get. Yeah, that's it's not probably, doing anything. That, that's pretty much what we had. Um, we couldn't see anything, and we um, climbed forty or fifty feet down a cliff. Oh, um, with that rope. With that rope. Oof. To um, to rescue this girl. So the problem was is that um, and we and we secured her and everything and all that good stuff. And um, the problem was it was obviously a lot easier to climb down than to climb back up, especially with somebody who. You know, was not um, was I guess pretty much not willing to do that at that point. Um, so so we eventually had to call a fire, and they came in with you know um, stretchers and stuff like that, and um, and got her back up that way. Well, by the time all this occurred, it was starting to get daylight, and um, yeah, we we climbed down to a um, little shelf that was you know five by five or six by six or something like that. And, uh, yeah, we looked down and we were about 150 feet above the rocks in the Pacific ocean. So, um, but you didn't know it when you started. No, had no clue. So just, it was just all about saving that person, you know? So, um, so anyway, got a, even though it was stupid, we got a little accommodation for that. As you should. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah. So, so that was probably one of the coolest things. Um, but, uh, I mean chases. I mean we just we got into them so much. I'm not I'm not sure I can remember anything specific. No, that's um, cool. So at a couple, I, I remember. Well, just we would respond, you know, quickly to things too. So what are you doing for work these days? Yep. So uh, for about 15 years now, I've been with a large local utility and uh, working uh, corporate security for them. Done a, a bunch of different things in that 15 years, but. Uh, uh, Chris works for him too, and it's been it's been great, and uh, it's where I'll where I'll retire from. Wow, it's a pretty emphatic statement. Yep. Must be, it must be a good place to work. It is. I like it a lot. Good people. Let's so, change gears here. Yeah, you, Kevin, and I played what I would call adult basketball. Correct. Yeah, and we had some nights where we were pretty darn good. Correct. And other nights. We lost to people that I think were in their seventies at the time when we were in our late thirties. There was there was one older team that for some reason they would tend to have our number. We they yeah they were usually a lot closer in in the score to us, but we won all the time against them until that yes. one night. That was that was right. the worst. Yeah, and our best player Kevin yes. was there that night. Yeah, he was part of that loss. You talk, are you talking about Yancey? Yes, that yeah. team. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. It, and were you the one that got in between he and I that night? And then I, you told me he was the owner of Staples or something. Not, not Staples, supply, supply, office supply, office, uh, or whatever it's called. The, the supply, supply company, the supply yeah. company. Yeah, it's right off where I, the old best products was. I think my response uh, was, "I don't give up." Yes, Please. I think it was. And I, I had words with another player that team yeah. that night. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I do recall that, and and that would that's. I, I would say that's probably been one of my roles in life is to try to calm things down. So and and it probably it. was me that stepped in between. Yeah, we uh, we really enjoyed playing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we had a great time. Yeah, we so, had, yeah. and we and we were decent. We were, we were pretty good. There was one team yeah. that just crushed us almost every time we played them. Right. Um, but they, they were they were different athletically than we yes, were. Yes. Right. And you've on, had several of them on the podcast. I, I've yeah, had a couple. Yeah. 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 They were, they were on a different level when it came to athleticism. All right, can you, between the two of you, I'm not going to participate in this, can you <laughs> name uh, or share the names that we had on the back of our jerseys? 
Right, so I'm going to remember the one that we couldn't remember the last time we did this. Do you want to go back and forth? Do you remember any of the names? I, I do. All right, y'all um, start with let's start with Rob, and then uh, so odd even start Rob odd number one. What do you got? Well, I'll go with the one that we couldn't remember last time, which was Duke, and that was uh, Magic Boo Woo. Magic Boo Woo, one of the ones I know. I'm you, sorry, man. You would, you would um, think we would have remembered that. one. You would think it's pretty unique. So, um, yep. And Duke loves nicknames. Yes. Uh, look at my feet. <laughs> that, would, that would be Mr. Gilman. That yeah. was me. I, I don't even remember where that came from. I guess yeah. we don't need to explore that because I don't remember Magic. Magic Boo Boo was a pet. Uh, yes, That's it a was. Hamster, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a hamster. So, yeah. so we'll stay on the on the pet theme, and we'll go to Richard, and he was Slippy for his for his <laughs> pet weed. He had a pet weed. Yeah. Uh, we we were funny and strange. God, yes. God love us. I'm, I'm going to do an easy one. Flip. <laughs> yep. That's that was that was yours. Yeah. Yep. Oh, a couple. Flip. Yep. Uh, Ross was. Uh, He's had a couple, but I'm pretty sure for Rampage, he was heavy Chevy. I yeah, think. yeah, yes, yeah. that's right. Fundamentally sound Ross. Yeah, which Ross. is funny because Ross is not heavy. He's definitely not. Absolutely. Yeah. Where did that come from? He still, I, I just think the whole Chevrolet dealership thing. Dumb question. Dumb no, question no. all night. Nope. But um, flip. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. I got no. off easy. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Who else? I don't know. What do you got? Uh, Who else was on the team? I mean, Who was a regular? Call, like we called Mike Woods Big Smooth, but I don't think that was his nickname on his shirt. I think he oh, might have been Mookie. Mookie. I think he was, I think Mookie. It was just Mookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should I tell the Mookie story real quickly? Yeah, do it. Mookie, Duke, Rich, and I played on the same like uh, when we were fourteen and fifteen, same rec or little league team. Yeah, and. Because I'm an idiot, I thought Mookie Wilson played second base for the Mets, but he was a center fielder for the Mets. And Mookie was the tallest second baseman that I ever seen. Mookie Wilson's not necessarily tall, yeah. And he made some nice play in practice or something. I'm like, oh, that's smooth, like Mookie. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't make any sense. I was entertaining Everybody myself. Was like, like, what? what, what, what did you call him? Yeah. And then I, for whatever reason, I just kept saying it. Yeah. So much and so long that everybody else started, hooked. Everybody yeah. else picked it up. That's right. Yeah. But he's named for a, an out of position. Yeah, center guy uh, for what he played. Forward. Right. Yeah. Didn't L.A. have a nickname on the back of his shirt? It was L.A. <laughs> Did you say yeah, L.A.? Right. <laughs> it should have said. It should have said it's L.A. It's LA. Yeah. Right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Did we ever beat the best team? Uh, actually, we I think came, we did. Yeah. We, uh, we did. Yeah. I think is this is after I, I, I left. You talking about the Tar Heels, right? I'm talking about. Uh, the guy who had the weird floating three-point shot, but he never missed. Sonny Miner? Sonny, Sonny Miner, yes. yeah. That team. Yeah, yeah, we beat that team before. Yeah. Okay. But it, it was like once times, out of 40 but... tries. Right, yeah. Who was the best three-point shooter? Magic Boo Woo. What was your name on the back of your jersey? We didn't say it. Frosty. Frosty, that's right. That's yeah. right. Magic Boo Woo, Frosty, or Flip? Who was our best three-pointer? Or Heavy Chevy. He threw up a few threes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, and I don't mean who shot the most three pointers because we all know what that. Right? Yeah, is. we know the answer to that. So, <laughs> wow. No, um, I agree. With you. I mean, Flip was definitely the best all around player for sure. Um, I, I, you know, I think um, I think that was actually one of our strengths is that two of the four people that you just named. Two would be hot. Yeah. No matter what. Rarely did, and, were and, all four of you called. Correct. And and. But I will probably say we probably had three or four of us on the night that we beat yeah. that highly athletic team a couple times. Um, I'm pretty sure all of us were hitting. So, but um, uh, um, uh, Rico, who uh, Rico Morris, um, who I'm not sure really 
I guess he must have played against us at some point at that time. But, Don, Donnie's younger brother. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but he, um, I remember him a couple years ago, uh, came up to Julia after a game, uh, my youngest. Um, and uh, and he said, and she made three or four three-pointers during the game. And he came up and said, you know where you got that shot from, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> That's good. But yeah, because yeah, you, Rico, and I were on the same Little League team. Yeah. Well, we had that too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So when we played the youth basketball, so one of the coolest things about that team was uh, whenever we would make a like it wasn't a spectacular play, but like some backdoor cut, somebody would always go, "That's rampage basketball." <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. You're so true. So true. Uh, yeah, we we were Princeton, we, little Princeton action. Yeah, we were basically the Princeton slash Tim Duncan of uh, that league. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, we weren't. I mean, you know, you and. I mean, you and Mookie were our tallest players for the you know for the majority. So we yeah. we weren't you know exceptionally tall or anything like that. Mm. But um, I mean, we were we were fundamental. That's for sure. There's no question. So, we were fundamental. Yep, that was our that was our hallmark. All right, now Rob, you're a note taker, and you'd flash your iPad to me. Are there major topics that we have not hit from your your notes? Oh. Which, which, by the way, can, can I see them real quick? Yeah, can nice you see your iPad. notes. It's like a computer screen he's uh it's the first time i will look back over my shoulder all right it's rude for us to be watching the game and talking to oop, and no, that's all good. that's why i'm talking look, to rob i, look, I think I just that's why i haven't looked over there go away um yeah talk about how you met chris yeah so um chris and i are we're a king's dominion romance um so i'd i'd come back and i was working there full time and it was my first year so 1997 and um and she was in, interestingly enough, she was in food and beverage. And um, and she happened to be, I just mentioned a couple, one of the guys that convinced me to come to Hanover is a guy named Robbie Stevens. And Stevens, he's still there. Um, and we credit him with introducing us. They were really good friends. And, um, and uh, I think he, I inadvertently started music on your iPad. <laughs> oh, it's cool, though. It's like a uh, little bit. It's, it's fine. Yeah. We'll keep it. Yeah, As you're fine. talking about this. Yeah. And, um, so he introduced us one day and um, uh, introduced she, you like as possible no dating just, just kind of hey this is Rob he's my new boss and kind of stuff like that and uh, had you seen her no I hadn't really seen her um, and and so I guess one I guess the the funny story is one day um, is she came she saw it, we were standing there doing whatever and she came up to say hi to him and I was standing there and um, and. They're just talking, and then, according to her, apparently all of a sudden she looks over at me and she sees a gun, and she apparently she thought to herself, "Important person, I gotta leave." And, she, and apparently she left. Oh wow! But um, but anyway, um, I guess eventually she thought I was cute, and um, I I obviously thought she was cute, but also noticed her. Chris played Division One softball, and I mentioned all the softball that we had going at Kings Dominion. They were still doing that. Um, and um, and so I started playing for the security team, and uh, you know she was playing for food and beverage, and and she definitely caught my eye playing softball because she was really really good. Yeah. So, but did you um, ask her out? Or did she ask you out? Uh, I asked her out. So um, it took a little bit. Um, so um, yeah, if if they tell the story, I was uh, kind of going out with three girls at the same time <laughs> at that point. So, do your, do your kids know this? Uh, yeah, they know that. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I did not so, see you being a player. Yeah, no. Well, I, the first time in my life, trust me. So, um, Good job. but yeah. So, 
Um, so they, they say it took a little bit, but, um, I never wanted to put myself through that. Not that, not that I could have, uh, attracted yeah. three women at the same time. <laughs> yeah, but. you could have, but, but yeah, so, um, clearly I made the right choice and, um, yeah, we're, uh, let's see, we are about, let's, what's today? November 3rd. So we're, we're about a month and a half away from 23 years. Yeah. Cause so. y'all got married in December. Yep. So December 99. So right around my birthday. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We're the 18th and you're the 20th. So yeah. Tell us about, uh, your in-laws. Yeah. So, um, I know we've talked about this offline. Um, I, you hear everything about in-laws, but I, man, I struck it rich in the, in the in-laws department. Um, uh, Glenn and Pat, um, and unfortunately last Friday we celebrated a, a year since, uh, Pat left us, um, way 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 too early um but um yeah phenomenal people um just just couldn't ask for anything better again um i've told you your dad is one i I had two or three you know gentlemen men that stepped up uh, after my dad you know died and and um were there for me and and glenn has um filled that role in my adult life for the last 25 years um you know being a being a dad to me and of course Chris is one of four girls, so uh, we are we are the boys, you know, that he never had, you know, as kids. Um, but uh, but yeah, just um, he's a, a do everything guy. He's probably saved us thirty to forty grand on our house. He can do anything. When super it comes handy, to, yeah, super handy. Um, and then uh, Pat was. Um, just amazing. I mean, I just, I, I like to say that, um, you know, if you looked up matriarch in the dictionary, um, and, and every, and every family has one of these, you know, a lot of families do, but, um, but I, I would say you would see her picture in the dictionary when it comes to matriarch. I mean, she was, um, just phenomenal. Um, we, um, we had a lot of great discussions, uh, sharing the same view on politics and a lot of other things in life. Um, but she, um, he's pa uh, to our grand to our kids, and she was mamu, um, and um, they were the best grandparents. Um, and uh, we we had it great in the beginning uh, when my mom was still around. She was older, so she was great for date nights, and then uh, Glenn and Pat were great for weekends away, you know. So, yeah. and then we would always say it's. Uh, time to get back to mommy and daddy boot camp after they you know, had been with them for a weekend because yeah. they they did what grandparents are supposed to do and that's that's spoil so yeah and i, I was at your mother-in-law's funeral and, and uh you could tell she was well loved yeah especially by the grandkids yes yeah i mean um yeah the the we are we they have seven grandkids are three of the oldest and um and all three of ours and the oldest of the other group um you know got up there to say stuff and um, so, I mean, it makes sense. They knew her the longest and things like that. But, um, but yeah, she, she was incredibly loved. And, um, again, we, you know, the way I think about it, we just, again, we just lost her way too early and expected to have her around for a long, long time and just really, really sucks. Yeah. So, yeah. She way too young. Yes. Very much. So, uh, all right, let's ask the, uh, the big question. Then we'll come back and talk about your kids. Okay. Sure. All right. Big question time. So you've heard this question probably more than anybody but the two of us. <laughs> yeah, I've had some time to prepare. No, he's heard it more than you. Yeah, yeah. It's your question, but he's but heard it more than you. Yeah, yeah that's All right. And he is completely prepared. He's more prepared for this question than anybody, anybody in the history ever. of our I'm podcast. I'm pretty prepared. All right, I'll make it quick um, so you can, we can no, get to your answer. Good. No, you're all um, good. You are a late-night talk show host tonight. 
Did, did, and did, did you see that coming, Rob? I, I think I, I think I, I had an inkling at least. <laughs> and you are going to select a male guest, a female guest, a musical group, and a comedian. Okay. And this can be anybody dead or alive. It can be just you wanting to have the Rob Dole show, or you want to have great ratings because you want to come back tomorrow night. It's yep. up to you. Okay. So what you got? Um. So. Are you going to give us multiples per? I have multiples. Go ahead. You can um, break them all out. You, all right. you, you've earned it, all the note-taking you've done. Okay, Absolutely. very good. Well, I appreciate that. All right. So, I mean, I, I do have them kind of ranked. Though music, I'm off the hook. I can't figure it out. But uh, So, number one for male would be my dad. Um, and that's, uh, again, just simply because I just, I mean, I was 19. You want him to meet your kids. Yeah. I mean, I would love for him to do that. And, um, and I just... Um, I mean, I just look. I only had I only had 19 years with him, you know, and I just, I mean, again, like talking about you know World War II, and yeah, just, and I just would have liked to have him around, you yeah. know, obviously for guidance and everything. So, um, second is um, a answer we've certainly had before, but I feel um, I got a strong relationship with him, so it would be Jesus would be second, and then um, and then thirdly, um, I went through a lot of things. Um, but I settled on Rush Limbaugh for my okay. third one. So just um, uh, conservative talk show host um, has a uh, a book that just came out that basically, you know, he, he essentially no matter what you think about his thoughts or anybody else's thoughts or you know views or anything, probably the greatest you know radio host of all time. You know, so um, and you would enjoy certainly that conversation. one of them. Yes, yeah. very much. Yeah. So um, female um, just. Right off the bat, um, this one was pretty cut and dry for the most part, but I had a couple others. But Margaret Thatcher, um, just a lot of respect for, you know, her and, you know, what she stood for. And um, just think she was a really neat lady. So, What was her nickname? um, Was she the Iron Lady? The Iron, yeah. I think think that's right. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Mo. Mo. That's what her friends called her. Yeah. Um, So then... uh, we don't need to do the others. Okay. But um, and then music. This is uh, your show. Yeah, I hear you. I, I go with Margaret Thatcher. She she'd be solid. Um, music. I just I'm just all over the place with music, so it's it was really hard for me. Um, so just three that I ended up on were uh, Huey Lewis in the News, Johnny Cash, and uh, Harry Connick Jr. Okay. So, but uh, you could you could throw just about any type of music in there, and I'd find somebody that I'd be really happy to listen to. Okay. So that's the first Huey Lewis in the news we've had. Yes. Uh, so yeah, not the first Johnny Cash. No, maybe first, not Huey Lewis for sure. And probably the first Harry Connick too. I think, yeah, I think that's right. Call. Yeah. yeah. So I had a couple others that you know were you know Queen, REM, Stray Cats, you know things like that. So. I think you uh, you called your shot on the comedian already. Yeah, called the shot on the comedian. Um, so got one classic and then two fairly new guys um, that I just really like. But uh, but yeah, Robin Williams would definitely be my first choice, um, hands down. Um, but then the other two um, really enjoy uh, Jeff Dunham. He's a ventriloquist. Yep. And then um, and then the. Um, Guy, uh, Joe Coy. Um, I don't know if y'all have heard of him. But he's, he's a Filipino guy. Filipino guy, yeah. yeah. And he's just, I mean, I see TikToks or YouTubes yeah. or something. And just he's he's, he's very quick-witted. Yeah. So, 
saw I saw something where um, he brought his family on uh, Family Feud with Steve Harvey, yeah. and of course you know Steve Harvey's a classic in his own right, and um, and he just had so much respect for Joe Coy and was just saying he was talking to the crowd and was going, you know, you got comedians that you know fill up theaters, you know, stuff like that. He goes, this dude fills up stadiums, yeah, you know, or something. He's like been that. around so, a long time, too. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and I and so it's. I feel sad I've just discovered him, but anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, Robin Williams, um, yeah, hands down. I mean, I just liked him as an actor, but as a comedian. I mean, his his one bit about golf is yeah. just one of the most classic comedy things I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. So, yeah. I don't know why this hit, it just hit my brain. When you pulled him over for going 42 and a 25, I think you should have just said, say something funny. Right, yeah. <laughs> And you, right. can, and you can leave. Yeah, right, exactly. So make me laugh and you can go. So. <laughs> I wonder if he would have. He might have been like, I, yeah. I, Apparently, Rob, Rob's pretty good at reading people. I, I don't think Robin was in the <laughs> yeah. mood. No, he probably wasn't. So, but um, that's right, a good t- show. T- tell us a little bit more about, uh, yeah, it's a really good show. It's going to be yeah. long with the number of guests. Yes, if we did all that, yeah. But if we go with those first four, I think we can cut it down a little bit. Yeah, so. right on. All right, uh, tell us a little bit more about Chris, and then certainly tell us about your kids. Yeah, um, Chris, um, call her the L-O-M-L, the love of my life. Um, so just um, just incredibly lucky. Um, she is a great wife, an amazing mom, um, phenomenal sister and daughter, and um, just, just cares, um, honestly cares, you know, for people a lot more than she cares for herself and um like a lot of moms y'all's wives included just you know the glue for our family and um she's made me a better person and a better man and she's um um brought me out of my shell to a degree um i think i had it when you probably knew me kev but no paul does i mean you know just you know when we got married i had the good old comb over you know and then we're, we're into it a little bit, and she says, hey, why don't we just get rid of all that, you know? And then just weird, I mean, food and colors of clothes that, you know, I never would have worn, you know, 20 years ago. You know, just just little things like that. But, yeah, just uh, she just opened me up, and, um, yeah, I love her. Just love her. She's just awesome. So You found the one. I found the one, yep. So, and thank God she's stuck with me over these years because I know it hasn't been easy. So, but. she also does a decent job, I man- imagine, of managing you. Yes. Yeah. Yep. She sure does. So, yeah. yeah. So. We she's all, lucky too, let's be honest. Yeah. Well, appreciate that. So, we all need yep. managing from time to time. Yes, we do. So, all right, cool. Tell us about your kids. Yeah. Um, so, Jack is our firstborn. Um, so, um, used to call the. Two of them, the Jack and Zach attack when they were younger. So, um, but uh, yeah, he's uh, 20, um, about three and a half months behind Zach. So he'll be 21 in January, mid January. Um, he is a um, third year at Tech. Um, um, all, all three of the kids, I'll go in each one a little bit, but they're all very athletic. Jack's main thing was football. I, I, I had all three seasons covered. So uh, when Jack played football, he was a. Um, uh, it's interesting the transformation he's gone through. He was a center for three years for PH football team. Um, uh, their senior year, they made it um, farther than any other team since the state championship team, I oh. believe, made it to the state semis. And 
went for a two-point conversion with five seconds left, and we lost by one point. Um, so, uh, right, definitely the right call. Just um, I think there's actually video of us getting in, but um, we'll just call the Southeastern Virginia refs uh, going against the Southeastern team, but we won't go there. No, I'm just kidding. But You're not entirely uh, kidding. Yeah, I'm not entirely kidding. So, um, but, yeah, so um, I think um, – I mean, I'm proud of him for so many things, um, but, uh, but he – He's inspiring in the fact of what he's done with his um, physique. He walked off that field after that game at 240 pounds, and he is, um, uh, I think, 165 or 67 or something like that now and um, and works out six days a week. Mm. And um, his discipline is um, – crazy and I, I think the main thing with that which i wish i had a little bit of the discipline was um what he does the way he eats yeah so um it's just it's inspiring so but um yeah he's majoring in criminology um um think he wants to go into something law enforcement but um but he's got a, a really good business acumen too so i mean he could just get a criminology degree and then go get into business i'm not really sure but the but it, it's wide open and we'll just yeah, he's got all his life in front of him. Yeah, as you just mentioned, our oldest kids are boys, and yep. they're uh, both in college at the same both college, same year. Yeah, yep. uh, what I'm going to tell him uh, is, hey, twenties are about figuring out who you are. Yeah, and so go try a bunch of stuff, and if you fail most of the time, that's okay. You, you, as long as you're learning from those failures, that's right. You'll be fine, and, exactly. and you'll eventually get to a place where you find something you want to do. Yep, exactly right. So. Uh, and then uh, Riley is uh, is our second, and she is um, um, we basically call her an Irish twin for Jack. They're 13 and a half months apart. So I, we, we I, I've, I've offended an Irish person one time by saying that. <laughs> by saying that, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we we expected Riley to come. We just didn't expect her that early. Um, but um, but it's all good. And um, so she is um, in her sophomore year at Randolph-Macon and uh, majoring in business. And um, so Riley was my spring season athlete. She was um, a softball player. She was a pitcher, and um, she was very, very good. Uh, she was um, – D1 colleges were looking at her. Yeah, she was uh, multiple first-team all-region and first-team all-state her sophomore year. Um, and um, – and yeah, she was being recruited a lot of times uh, um, when she was playing. Um, she played on a national travel team. Um, we went to 17 states her last three years of playing, which was a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of travel. It's a lot of travel. Um, but um, but we say it's about making memories, and there's definitely places: New Orleans, California. Um, um, Kansas City. I mean, there's places we would have never gone you know, if it wasn't for her playing softball. So, so that was a lot of fun. How uh, fast did she pitch? Um, so, um, so I'll tell you one of the reasons I admire her most. Um, but yeah, when she she actually pitched her fastest when she was 13. Um, and, Silly. Yep, and she pitched. Um, uh, she was clocked at 67. Which is equivalent to what for like Major League Baseball? I think it's 97, 98, something like that. So, um, and then uh, about, if I recall, about three weeks after that, um, she was, it was seventh grade middle school um, softball, and she, um, she 
somebody ran into her and she tore ACL on her meniscus. And she's had knee problems ever since, right? Yeah, five surgeries. Yeah. So, and that's um, the way that she has um, dealt with that. I know I'm biased as a dad, but um, but the essay that she wrote for her college entrance essay is um, is all about that and that experience and what she went through and everything. And um, and it it should be like a published short story. I mean, it's it's just phenomenal. But but her um, just determination and perseverance and the fact that she was still being recruited by D one programs, you know, after having you know two or three knee surgeries, you know, just speaks you know yeah. to me volumes about you know who she is. And um, and then I mentioned the shoes. She is also incredibly creative. I don't I don't think she took art her junior or senior years um and she's still gotten to the national art society or something like that um so she can draw um and paint and um um, she's quite quite the cookie maker too she just did hercules for our pumpkin and it's uh pretty nuts so and yes she actually has her own uh not not official i guess per se but she has her own company and she does um she does sugar cookies and does oh, they're, they're brilliant. De- yeah, details that, yeah, she did some for Lindsay's graduation yeah. party. And, uh, yeah, she, um, and we've got a Duke's daughter, Mandy, does it too. And they're, they're both just great. They're both really yeah, good. Uh, yeah, yeah, really good. So, but, um, yep. So, um, and then third is Julia. And, uh, she is a senior at Patrick Henry and, um, figuring out, um, having a good time being a senior. Um, so they started with the senior sunrise this year and, um, just continued to, you know, have fun. Um, and, um, she's figuring out places she's applying to schools. So, um, a lot of the normal suspects, um, tech was kind of always her favorite. Um, but I think, um, I think obviously still up there. Um, but she's looking at RMC and like her uh, sister, because, Riley's a, a sophomore. Yep, Riley's a sophomore there. Yep, and um, and uh, JMU and I think Longwood and Mary Washington. Um, my mom went to Mary Washington when it was the girls' part of the UVA. Um, yeah. So, so looking at that, um, so she's figuring that all out, and then she's my winter athlete. She's a basketball player and uh, kind of a um, three-point specialist, and she'll be one of only two seniors this year. Um, we we lost some pretty good players last year, but yeah. but um, but she's gonna have fun with it. We got a new coach um, uh, who was an assistant coach last year. Um, she really likes her. Um, so um, but yeah, so um, so yeah, the uh, I'm I'm um, you guys are too, but I obviously feel like I'm the luckiest dad around. So I got three amazing kids, and um, they're just they're all cool, and um, they're. I will happily say they take after their mom in a lot of ways. They're they're good looking and they're smart and and they know, all they, that good they stuff. get along so and they do. Yeah. You know. So they you know they're typical brothers and sisters. They definitely have their times where they're you know going at each other, but um, but they're also um, there for each other. You know, whenever needed. And um, I I'm sure you did it with Zach. I've I've professed uh, to Jack since he could basically understand me that you're a big brother and yeah that's right if anything ever you know everything ever comes at your sisters you're going to take care of it that's and, right and uh and he would do that and but uh, you know julia you know third child dude i mean she 
she doesn't take grief off anybody, <laughs> you know. So and and nobody ever will ever mess with Riley. So yeah. uh, she's a lot like her mom, just very strong, very independent, like like Mambo. Um, and uh, so so um, yeah, I'm I'm a lucky guy in that respect too. So great kids and um, just just really excited to you know just like we all do, you know, just to see their next steps and where they're going to go in their lives and um, want to be here for as long as I can to, to watch them develop and, you know, hopefully stay happy and, you know, find love and all that good stuff. So, well, let's end with uh, me saying thank you for all the note taking you've done. Uh, uh, no, you, you know, I'm Thanks not a fan. Opportunity. I'm not a fan of, of doing it. I, you, <laughs> I've learned somewhat recently that you really enjoy doing it. Yeah. Um, and so, I, you're probably as much of an expert on this podcast as I am, right? You've listened to everything. You've been at a lot of them. Kevin's probably right behind you in terms yeah. of expertise. Can you talk about why this podcast is, is so interesting to you? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, we profess, you know, that there's, you know, two things that that we kind of that, that kind of drives this. One is is just to talk to people, and um, and. I've talked about me. You you have that same gift, and so does Kevin. I mean, we we very easily talk to people, and um, we've had a couple of people that are on here that you know have said, um, "Surprised you didn't have questions ready for me." Well, <laughs> you don't you don't need questions. It's not fun. You know? It's a lot of it's not you know, and then you know you can call it wing it or whatever you want, but it's actually just having you know a conversation with somebody. So. Um, but, uh, um, and you love the posterity angle. And then, yes, I think one of the, you know, one of the best things is, is the posterity angle. And that's just that, you know, great, great grandkids are going to be able to listen and, you know, you're going to be able to, you know, hear what your relative was like, or just never met, never met them, never met them. Yep. Or, and then, and then maybe you'll just discover again, some other people that, Hey, that'd be pretty cool to listen to that guy too, or that girl too, or you know, just see what they were doing at that time in their lives. So, so yeah, I, I do love that angle. I think that's just really cool. And um, I, you know, we we've missed a couple people that we would have liked to have on it, but we've got we've definitely had a bunch of people on that it's going to make a big difference in somebody's life one day. You know, to hear that podcast and to hear that that person talk. You know. So, yeah, and and we'll never know that that happened, but we know that that sort yes, of thing will happen. That will happen. Yeah. So. Your your Kevin's kids are gonna just be amazed, at, you know, by his dad's podcast. <laughs> when are they gonna yes. listen to it? Uh, Brody's already started listening to oh, it. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other two will probably be a, but, a while. But, but I agree. I yeah. Know. But the cool thing is, twenty years from now, they're gonna go back and listen to it again, yeah. and they're gonna get something different out of it as adults. And then, and then their kids, you know, and then your grandkids, and then you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, but I agree. So, um, but yeah, I just. I just, um, I just think you're doing a really cool thing. I think, and I'm, I, I do really appreciate being a part of it, and uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. And um, you know, we, we're not going to talk about it, but we've got a couple things in the, you know, works where we're going to try to expand it a little bit, and maybe me do a little extra writing, and um, yeah, that would be see, cool. See where we go. So that'd be super cool. And by the way, the two of you have uh, helped me get more guests than any other uh, people out there. I mean, I've had other people that help me connect right. to people, but yeah. you two are powerhouses. What typically happens is I'll say, Hey, I'm only scheduled a couple weeks out. And then three days later, we're scheduled two months out. Right. 
Yeah. And well, and you, the three of us are all equally contributing to grabbing gas and yeah. getting them scheduled. Well, I appreciate that, and I, and I think I, I think that speaks to the three of us just in respect that we know a lot of people. And um, I mean, my you know, I we go to I just talked to we go to Disney, and and I invariably ten out of the nineteen times, twelve out of the nineteen times, I've seen somebody that I know. You know, yeah. it's just. You go back to that six degree of separation when you make some type of connection and it leads you to somebody. And um, I think we've all led, you know, pretty cool lives too, and where we've done different things. And that's opened us up to know a lot of different people that, you know, would be very good guests on the podcast. So. I'm just here for the free dessert. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, I don't think I've ever given you dessert. We do have some Halloween candy left over. That's uh, right. And then, Kevin, you've started your own podcast. Yes. That's right. That flipping sports podcast. That yeah. I think we're up to like 13 downloads for our, our most recent episode. Is it really? 13? I don't know. I, I think Chris's, Chris's episode did have 13. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It, beats, hey. it beats zero. But you know what? We didn't, but to your point, we didn't get into it for downloads. No. I got into it to talk about sports with my friends. We're having that's fun. Right. That's what we're doing. Yeah, we're, yeah. Having, a, we're having a blast. Yeah. We got to bring yeah. Rob on to talk about the Steelers. Absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah, I had so yeah, I got uh, the lowly Steelers this year. So yep. Well, we'll so. talk about when they were good. Yeah, we yeah, can talk that's about more fun. six. There so, you go. Still, still, at least, well, we're tied for the lead now, unfortunately. But anyway. Yeah, so. uh, yeah. We'll talk about uh, the Steelers on the sports podcast. Sounds good. Awesome. Thanks for doing this, Rob. Appreciate and, it, man. And all my other teams. So yeah, we can talk about all of it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, man. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scodopodcast.com.